You see, right now we're supposed to say things like, this will pass, this is temporary. We're supposed to repeat the mantra, this pandemic will soon pass, we will find the cure, and the human race will prevail and live on. And we will conquer this and look at it in our rearview mirrors. We're supposed to say things like that. Right now, we're supposed to stay hopeful and we're supposed to stay strong. But really, aren't we all just trying to press fast forward on life? Aren't we? Are we just trying to go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get through this. How many more weeks? Okay, let's get through this. The idea of being mindful right now, fucking forget it. And I feel like I've been a student of mindfulness for the past three years. Not quite a Buddhist monk. Not quite. But I'm the biggest wannabe Buddhist monk you're going to meet right now. Wanna Buddha. Most people right now, the complete opposite of mindfulness. If mindfulness truly means the here and now, be present with the here and the now, people don't want to be in the here and the now because we are isolated. We are cooped up. We are in the mood to interact with friends, hang out with people, go to restaurants, go to games, go to movie theaters, go to school. So mindfulness taking a backseat, taking a bit of a backseat right now. And I have a beautiful description of what mindfulness should be. A beautiful description from a children's book that my buddy Josh bought for our family for Hanukkah. Our Hanukkah gift was a children's book called I Am Peace, A Book of Mindfulness to teach your little ones about mindfulness. And right in the book, right there, it says mindfulness means being fully engaged in the present moment, paying careful attention to our feelings, sensations in the body, emotions, surroundings, without judgment, but with kindness and curiosity. When we learn to be in the here and now, we understand ourselves better. We see beauty. We act with kindness, compassion, and empathy. When we learn to pause and be present, we find our calm, our center, our peace. That message is beautiful. That message is significant, poignant, profound, but right now, a little empty. We don't want the here and now. The here, the now, not good. It's not good. We're in the midst of the ugliness right now. And the physical stuff, I mean, you could Google, you could watch the news to understand what this is going to do to people of all ages. A lot of myths are being debunked. A lot of misinformation out there is misinforming people. So that's scary. Clearly, that's a scary aspect of all of this. And this will prove to be a beautiful time for the human brain and the accomplishments of scientists and doctors right now. This will prove to be a great time when you hear about clinical trials happening right now. They're happening. They're going to find this vaccine, this cure. They're going to find the right treatments. But this interim period that we're living in right now, the stress, the tension, the residue of fear that is just consuming a lot of people right now, we're trying to move through this and keep our sanity. That's it. Keep your sanity. That's what I tell my students. Hey, keep your sanity, but it rings empty. Tell a 17-year-old to keep your sanity right now. Hey, you're going to be with your mom and dad and siblings every day single day you're not gonna see your friends hey keep your sanity oh yeah fuck off you can't sugarcoat it you can't really give false optimism right now to the people that are informed they fully understand what's happening schools are probably not going to reopen this year the state superintendent tony thurmond he basically said that he didn't rule that all campuses must remain closed but he was quoted saying it appears that students will not be returning to campus this year so Really strengthen your distance learning skills, teachers. And we certainly will. We can make it the best distance learning experience of all time. However, they have to come. 
There's no bells. You got to wonder about the kids right now who are not interacting at all. They're not on Google Classroom. They're not on the Zooms. By the way, you got to love these companies, Google and Zoom, now verbs. Yeah, we Zoomed, just living through Zoom, 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 Zoom meetings, Zoom class, Zoom presentation, Zoom hangouts. There's something about it that's now affecting my eyes. Just that many humans on a screen talking at once, my ears start to throb. Seriously, I just glaze over, living in the world of Zoom. Zoom me in. Yeah, we'll Zoom on it. What's that? Yeah, we're going to do a half Zoom, half share, then a Zoom, Zoom, Zoom to the Zoom. Yeah, because I believe it turns out that all I want to do is zoom a zoom, zoom, zoom in the zoom, zoom with the zoom. And I'm getting dumber. I hate to say it, but it stimulates my brain to be around people. I have 185, 190 students this year. That's a lot of people to be around every day. And I like to see friends and coworkers and neighbors. None of that's really happening anymore. So I feel myself becoming duller. Farewell, intelligence. All the intelligence I had built up. Really, the amount of mistakes I'm making, just searching for the right word, not finding it, just making poor references, not as articulate as I want to be right now. Yeah, the knife is getting a little duller. I feel it. You guys feel it too, right? It's like this feeling of tiredness. Kind of just stays in your eyes all day. And it's not the eye crust. I'm still showering. I'm remembering to deodorize and brush my teeth. I'm, I'm going through the motions of life, but there's something about it where I'm like, sluggish. So it's about mental health, I think, even though clearly the headline is physical health. People are dying. This is a virus taking human lives. That's obviously what this is about. But what about maintaining mental health? It seems like that's the focus, at least in my world of dealing with teens every day. No doubt depression is up. No doubt. High school students... Missing out on the social aspects. I'll just focus on the seniors for a moment. Missing out on the social aspects of their senior years. Your last year with your group of friends before you all head off to college. Senior projects. Your last rally. Your last game. Your last dance. Supposed to have your last goodbye at the graduation ceremony. All of this is being scrapped or postponed. I could not have dealt with that. When I think back to high school, I was actually happy. And I know the one reason. Friends. That's it. I remember showing up to day one of my senior year. I remember showing up probably like 20 minutes before the first bell, and it was a glorious 20 minutes. Just seeing all of us arrive on campus as the big dogs. Because when you arrive on a high school campus as a freshman, you look up to the seniors and you go, God damn, can't wait to be there. One day I'll have facial hair and I'll be more than five feet tall. Then you reach that goal. I vividly remember seeing all my buddies arrive on campus slowly, driving to high school, sitting in our quad, our triangle of benches, just having laughs, eating snacks, and then the bell rings and the fun's over. Sorry, I'm just like a lot of high school kids. I don't remember being so academically stimulated. I don't remember being so academically driven. I do remember my mom having to say, apply to colleges. You know, you actually have to apply. The colleges don't just come to your front door and drag you there. So... I loved the experience of being around these great people that I developed relationships with. I mean, these were my siblings. These are like my brothers. These are the same people I went to elementary school, middle school, high school with. So that senior year, I remember the whole year and the last few months knowing we're all going our separate ways. Nobody else from my graduating class was going to San Diego State. So I was valuing time. I was mindful. That's entirely been ripped away from these current seniors. That's what makes me the saddest. Luckily, I don't know anybody 
who has died from coronavirus. I'm not related to anybody who's currently hospitalized. So when I feel the weight of it, the heaviness of all of this, I do think about these teens who are not getting these wonderful milestones that high school provides. I'm not trying to paint a picture like high school's for everybody. It's so fun. But there are some moments that they need and they're not getting. So in my Zooms, when I Zoom with them, I try to bring levity, but not all of them are coming. Like I said, what do I have? 190 students this year. I got about a third. Where are the others? Contact the parents, hunt them down, email them. I try. I try. You try. I try. It's got to be equitable. Do they have Wi-Fi? Do they have computers? They're all supposed to have Chromebooks, but think about how many schools throughout America right now don't equip their students with all the supplies they need to succeed. It'd be great if that was the case, but it's not. It's not. Right now, the educational world is having a crisis. It's just not equitable. So do I tell these kids, be in the here and now, be mindful? Fuck no. The Buddhist monk within me is taking a nap. I don't want to say he's dead, but this idea of just breathe in, breathe out, and be here. I understand the value, but we're all just trying to press fast forward on this. We're all just trying to think about a time where our kids could go back to daycare and we could go back to restaurants. Speaking of restaurants, I'm watching movies and TV shows just like all of you. Restaurant scenes now look exotic. Like, I love going to restaurants. I met my wife in 2013. It's now 2020. I don't think we've ever gone six days without a meal at a restaurant. We love it. We read about grand openings, menu items you got to try. The conversation of what are you in the mood for? Indian tonight? Sushi tonight? Italian tonight? Where do you want to go? Brewery tonight? What are you feeling? Seafood tonight? You know that conversation? Not having it. That's the fun conversation. That's part of the substance of my marriage, the conversation. Ooh, what are you feeling? Cocktail? So sit at the bar first, cocktail, and then appetizer time, and then the waiter comes over and explains the specials. I miss that. I know it sounds insignificant, but shit, I miss that. What was I watching the other night? What was I watching? It's not a good show. I, I don't feel like I've seen a great show in a while, but Shits Creek, there it is. Shits Creek, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. So it's a good cast. But they were just at a diner, just at a restaurant, and I was like yearning for their experience. They had these big menus, and I was like, oh, you know there's a tuna melt on that. You know there's a patty melt. You know there's a cob salad. You know there's beer on tap. Oh my God, you know that menu has options. And I know we could do takeout. We have done takeouts. Takeout's a little scary right now. You go in with a mask. Guy just rolls in in a plastic ball behind me everybody's got their gloves the cashier you're like do we have to do this exchange of credit card right here Ugh. you look back in the kitchen you see these guys you go who are they who are they who do they know who do they interact with now we're also worried about each other like we're really social distancing now one of my best friends ever rick had to jump my car the other day we really did stay six feet apart no hug no handshake so weird having a close friend come over to jump my car and just, we both kind of honored it. We didn't even say it, but it's like, this is the new normal. We're going to stay six feet apart. That's essential, by the way. That, that's not socializing to get your car jumped. So I'm just going to be draining my battery. So I keep calling Rick. Hey, hey, pal. Yeah, we need a jump. That's it. That's the extent of me seeing friends, me socializing, getting the old piece of shit car jumped. When this ends, I'm going to go to restaurants for 14 straight days. I'm going to spend all my money. Steakhouse, lobster, Mexican restaurants. Oh my God, chips and salsa on the table. We're missing chips and salsa on the table right now. And takeouts, all right, you try to turn your house into the restaurant experience and you just have a sink full of dishes and some old dessert in the back of the fridge. Should we still eat it? Yeah, why not? Scrape off. Scrape, just scrape off the top and it's new again. 
Groceries, more groceries, groceries and more groceries. Wear a mask to the grocery store. You'll see a guy in a big old plastic bubble. Do you know where the canned food is? Do you know where the canned food is? What? I can't hear you through your bubble. That's a little extreme to roll into Safeway in your bubble. Is there a section for organic bananas? I don't know if there's a section for organic bananas, but maybe just gloves. I don't even know. Do we need masks right now? But for the people rolling around the streets in bubbles, that's a little much. Saw a guy and his dog in a bubble just rolling down the street. That's not a dog walk. Or maybe I didn't see that. Maybe I'm hallucinating already because our mental health has taken a little dip. Mental health is everything right now. Everybody connects everything to mental health too. Like you can't just do a puzzle right now. You have to tell people, yep, I got to do a puzzle. Increase my mental health. Got to go on a run. <laughs> Release those endorphins for my mental health. Yes, yeah, it's a time to really, you know, cook a meal you love. Read a book you really enjoy for your mental health. We just add that to everything now. We're so aware, such an emphasis on it, which is good. It's just like we, we always are so aware of we have to take care of ourselves. This will be one of the few podcasts where I don't remind you to be mindful. I am honoring the fact that most of you just want to fast forward time. Let's get back to normalcy because if this starts to feel normal, which I guess it will because the human condition is to be resilient and adapt. But when this starts to feel normal, there are some days too where this starts to feel normal. And that's gross. This much screen time, this is clearly going to destroy our brains. Just this phase, this much screen time. So I'm teaching through a screen. I'm getting news updates through my phone and my TV, reading on my Kindle. Yeah, that's breaking news. I go Kindle now, folks. Okay. All right. Take a moment. Process that. Process that. But I go Kindle now. Okay. I'll give you a moment. I know that's big. I know that's big news. So if I'm not looking at my wife or looking at my daughter, it's screens, 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 or even the monitor, the old baby monitor. How many screens are in my life right now? I don't want this to become normal. I don't. I don't. I don't. This should annoy us. This should piss us off. Let's all be collectively uncomfortable. Isn't that the best part, knowing that we're all uncomfortable? It's not just my kid misses her daycare, but your kids miss their daycare. I guess that unites us in some way. Am I trying to spin this? Am I trying, 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 trying? All right, let me give you a positive. I saw real superheroes, and I mean this. It was a few weeks back. My wife and I, we've always known since we moved into this house that there were two giant trees that should not be here. They're just going to destroy our roofs. They're going to destroy our foundation. They're going to rain down berries and leaves on our cars and in our yards. And they're just terrible trees. They should have never been planted. Or was the house built around these trees? I don't know. But they're not good. So we finally found a tree removal service. I'll plug them right now. Jorge's tree removal service. Jorge, it turns out, is a superhero. I'll explain. These are big tall, giant trees, at least in my eyes. Jorge's probably tackled bigger ones. But we set it up a few weeks back. He says, Saturday, I'll be there by 9 a.m. And I'm like, how long does it take to remove giant trees? How do you even go about removing giant trees? Does he show up with a few axes? So he gets out of his truck. He has six guys with him. Shows up about 9 a.m. By 10 a.m., stumps. By 11, they're just grinding stumps. By noon, it's like lunch, and these guys have pretty much taken down the trees. And they gave us a good deal. Like, how much would you think it is to remove a big tree, right? I can tell you any figure right now. If you've never dealt with this, you're like, I don't know. That's like something you don't even have a ballpark figure in your mind about. You're like, is it 5,000? Is it 15,000? 
is it five hundred dollars? Is it twenty thousand dollars? It's like it's a game show. How much does it cost to remove a tree? No clue. But they cut us a decent deal, and I was like, these guys are gonna make that money in a few hours, and they did. But I watched what was happening. It was the most beautiful performance. This is better than the ballet. It's better than figure skating. It's better than any sport. Actually, there are no sports right now, so I needed this. These guys, they all know their role. And they're also adept at what they're supposed to do. But a couple of them are like true daredevils, true heroes. They got the harness. They got the belt. And they got a chainsaw dangling between their legs from a rope. And one guy's job is to kind of just keep tapping that chainsaw back to the guy and then he drops the chainsaw and then he kind of wrestles down some branches and then he gets the chainsaw back and he's swinging like a pendulum. This guy's just swinging 30 feet above our house, just swinging with a chainsaw. And I come out and he, he waves, you know, I come out with my daughter and he's like, Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? How are you socializing with us right now? And there's one guy below who's catching the branches. One guy below who's putting down the cones and guarding the house. One guy who's just drinking energy drinks, but I, I like him. I don't want to criticize him, but he definitely littered. Forgiven, forgiven, totally forgiven. It's fine. But I've seen Evil Knievel. I've seen the Walendas on their tightrope. Tight rope? What did I say, tightrope? The Walendas? Am I getting that right? I don't know, but you know who I'm talking about. I've seen Daredevilry. Nothing like this. Nothing like Jorge's boys. These are the superheroes who go climb a tree. I don't even see ladders. I don't even know how they got up there. I guess I blinked and they're up there with chainsaws dangling between their legs. And then just big old log branches falling. Nobody gets injured. What? Nobody gets injured? The degree of difficulty of their job on a daily basis. This is their job. Some people go to work at Trader Joe's. Actually, those are heroes too right now. If you're still working at grocery stores. But some people just, you know, work at a gas station or you work at the bank and you know your job. I go in and I know what I do. I deal with people and I know exactly how to do my job. These guys, they show up and Jorge tells them which tree. And then in a few hours, there's no more tree. Is it just me or is this amazing? Have you ever seen this? I filmed it. If you've never seen somebody just remove a tree in a couple of hours, it's stunning. It's I actually got scared. I was holding my breath for these guys and they're just having fun. You could tell. I wanted to buy them all lunch, but they brought their own and I did tip them. I didn't even know if this is something you tip the guys for, but yeah, I tipped them. That's another thing. You don't know how much it costs. You don't know if you should tip them. But this podcast, episode 86, is brought to you by Jorge's Superhero Tree Removal Service. Tell them Josh sent you, and they will reply, who the hell is Josh? All right, I have a great story. I have a feel-good, fascinating story. I'm saving this for the end. You made it this far, and I hope your mental health is good. I do. Yet, I think it's great to share the misery. I think it's great to call somebody and tell them about your lowest low. Make it relatable. Let's stop sharing how we all do puzzles and we all go on runs and walks and we're all really starting to eat well. And, you know, we're doing the Zoom, Zoom, Zooms. We're doing the Zooms. We're also compelled to share how we're going to get through this. We should share the lows, like how dumb I'm getting, how much insomnia is connected to not knowing when it's going to feel different, this monotonous, redundant lifestyle we're in, yeah, we could share this stuff. Or just how depressing is it to watch the news some nights? They're calling it Corona Madness. Tonight, a local woman karate kicks her elderly neighbor and steals their toilet paper, plus traffic and weather. Like they're starting to tell the personal stories, like the individual stories during the coronavirus scare. 
Local news is doing a pretty good job, but they have to fill the full hour. They're calling it COVID Kitty 19. Tonight, a local cat claws her owner's face off. Plus, a check at traffic and weather and sports. Local news. People are watching it again. Local news. Oh, yeah. Here's the story. I honestly forgot where I was going for a while. Okay. I love right now that everybody is watching old movies or like old TV shows. And when they talk about it with other people, no one's on the same page. Except for Tiger King, but I guess I'm in the minority because I didn't get into it. Didn't love it. Sorry. Wild Wild Country definitely captured my mind more than Tiger King. But no, I'm digressing. Okay, so yes, people are talking about Tiger King. But aside from that, everybody's, you know, doing their own thing in terms of how they entertain themselves. So I find myself, you know, looking for movies that we missed in the last 10 years. That's some good advice. Look at some of the movies that received Oscar attention. You're like, oh, I missed that three years ago. And watch it. And then have that experience. So my wife and I decided to watch Blue Valentine. Now, if you have not seen Blue Valentine and you care about me and you actually value my recommendations, please see it. But I'll give you the disclaimer, unhappily ever after. Okay. And maybe that is a spoiler alert. And maybe you hate me now because I just spoiled it. But what percentage of Americans or no, what percentage of humans enjoy happily ever after when they watch a movie? I'd say 91, 92. I'd say 92% of all moviegoers, they kind of want to see resolution. They kind of want to see happily ever after. If you're building up a love story and then in the end, they don't get together. I don't like it. I could get used to it though. If it's a good movie, strong performances, I could still say that was a well done movie. Did I like it? No, but it was well done. Strong performances, solid cinematography. Thought everybody did a fantastic job. But Blue Valentine kind of rips my heart out slowly. You kind of know where the movie's going, but you still want it to be different. So it is strong acting. Holy shit. Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. But it's one of those movies that has a special song. And the story connected to that special song is unreal. And I just read it today, so I'm probably going to butcher the story. So I guess I should Google that right now so I don't butcher it too hard. But you know how couples have a song I guess, you know, like if you're in middle school or high school, high school couples right now are missing out on having songs with their girlfriends and boyfriends and boyfriends and girlfriends. Well, Ryan Gosling, he picks this song and it's by Penny and the Quarters. And the song is called You and Me. I'm guessing none of you listening right now have ever heard of this group, Penny and the Quarters. The reason you've probably never heard of them is because they really weren't a group. They didn't know they were being recorded. They were like a ragtag soul band. Just a sister with her brothers harmonizing in the studio, but they didn't even get like take two or take three or they weren't released by any big record label. The true story of this song, and I'll play it in a moment. It's from, they say it's either from 1969, 1970, maybe 1975. Like they don't even have a specific year that they recorded this, but they know it was at Harmonic Sounds Studio in Columbus, Ohio. So they recorded a few songs just for fun. In the studio, Penny in the Quarters, like teenagers. And then when the owner of that studio, Harmonic Sounds in Columbus, died, he had an estate sale, or they had an estate sale, and someone was going through all of his cassettes and records and found this. And then they gave it to an archival record company. Try to stay with me right here, okay? Teens in Columbus in the early 70s were just messing around, recorded one track that was discovered at an estate sale, was never released, And then 
The cassette was given to an archiving record company called the Numero Group. So the Numero Group releases this song. This is 2006 now when this happens. And Ryan Gosling hears it. And he tells the director of Blue Valentine, hey, this is the song we need. So the quality of the recording is not really good, but there's so much soul in it. And I've listened to it 17 times today, so I'm about to play a little bit for you right now. But it becomes like this emotional track in the movie that has like this crescendo scene. There's a lot of clencher jaw. It's not quite cry, cry, cry again type notebook. She it. But this movie, it definitely has a great score. The interactions. You're talking about heavyweights. Gosling and Williams. Williams and Gosling. So the voice you're about to hear, Penny Coulter. She was never like some professional singer. And this is not a band that anybody's ever heard. They never went on tour. But I think she worked in banking for 30 years and then retired. But here's a little You and Me by Penny and the Quarters, a group that really never existed. They're known as a lost soul band. You could even hear them talking in the background. But you and me, that should be a group that had Motown success. Go listen to it right now. Go to YouTube, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, whatever it is. Just listen to it 17 times in a row and go, damn, that song never existed in its heyday. Never had a chance. So now I like Ryan Gosling. And that movie captured a part of my heart. So when I say unhappily ever after, yep. I guess I gave too much away. But at least now you have a good song recommendation. Maybe you have less of a movie recommendation and more of a song recommendation. That's Benny in the Quarters with You and Me. And that's episode 86, which is pretty much in the books. I feel like podcasting is weird because I have this level of confidence. This This is kind of weird to admit that none of these are that good, but they're going to be good. That's also not a mindful approach to anything to always think that the next best thing is ahead of you instead of like taking a moment to acknowledge that maybe some of this is fine. I always go, all right, next episode. So this was 86. Oh, 87 is going to be great. And I'll have the same experience. I'm like stuck in Groundhog Day with this hobby. What do I think I'm going to do? Like honestly, it's just me in a chair in a room right now. What do I think? I'm going to reinvent the world of podcasting. Oh, wait till these listeners get a hold of what I'm about to do in episode 106. In a few months. I guess it's plateaued a little bit. Either you're in or you're out. If you're in, I appreciate you. If you've sampled it and it's not for you, hey, you're not listening right now. So adios. But honestly, I appreciate you listening. So pop a rating up there on iTunes if you've never done it. Because this will be my vehicle to fame. Clearly. And just like I started with mindfulness, I'll read you this once again. I'll read you the part I didn't read you. So from the children's book, which I recommend if you have kids, called I Am Peace, a book of mindfulness by Susan Verde. Verde, that means 
green. Teaching mindfulness exercises not only strengthens a child's attention muscle, but it also helps him or her to learn to create distance between their big emotions and themselves. Children develop the ability to choose their responses rather than to react. Okay, now that's good stuff. See, I wish I learned all that when I was a toddler. We are peace. That is the final sentence in the book. All right, so find some peace in your soul, folks. That's episode 86. It's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>